This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheacup. And before we get started, I want to remind you to please like and review us on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. Also, join the Cups Podcasting and More Discord server where you can come and hang out with us and chat with us. It is the best place on the internet. So today we are talking about the Rammer River. And so this is Aragon and Murtag travel through the country as quickly as they possibly can. Together, Aragon, Murtag, and Safira finally reaches the Rammer River, which they find to be huge, almost half a mile wide. Safira is then forced to carry the horses to the other side, which is a huge dramatic moment for the animals who I'm sure are terrified. Uh, And then they finally reach the other side. They're extremely exhausted, but they get up and they continue on. And that's all we really get in this chapter as far as like big events that come across, we get a little bit of Aragon's internal conflict, but it's just a traveling chapter, getting them from where they were to the Ramar River towards the Hatterack Desert. And that's what happens this chapter. Yeah, so I um, agree with your take that this is just a traveling chapter, like there's not much to it. Totally agree with that. Um, But I do think there's a couple of notable things that happen. And first, the most notable thing that happens is that they have to figure out how Safira can keep transporting the elf because Safira cannot, you know, continue to just like keep her on her back. It's causing Safira potentially to have injuries. And so she she's like, I, I can't keep doing this. And so they kind of have to figure out what the deal is. And so they, Aragon and Murtag, basically create like almost a harness to put the elf in that's tied to Safira's body. And I found like, or I felt like this was a pretty ingenious way um, to kind of get around this problem without necessarily having to spend a lot of money or a lot of time um, finding or buying materials to make something. So I thought this was um, a fun little scene that didn't like... I feel like if this chapter didn't have this scene, it would be a major criticism um, and people would be like, well, why did why was she able to do that for that long? Like that wouldn't have been realistically possible. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah, I'm especially just thinking of if this if this book came out now, I think there would be a lot of people 
asking questions like that and being like, even then they would probably be like, well, what would happen? Like her scales would fray the rope. Like this isn't realistically. But not everything has to be super realistic. So anyway, they also, you know, outrun the soldiers at first, but then they keep seeing more and more. So the soldiers are definitely on their trail, but even though they're traveling very quickly, um, but they also kind of figure out and realize something more is wrong with the elf. Like she's not just suffering from wounds. She's gone without food or water for over three days now. And so like, that's pretty significant. Aragon attempts to give her water and, so they're worried about the elf. And they're very concerned that she has not woken since her time with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of the end is they have to cross the river somehow. And of course, unluckily, they've come to the point that is the widest. And that's where they have to cross. And it just, it sucks. It's the worst possible situation. And soldiers are enclosing around them pretty quickly. But Safira wants to just transport everybody herself. And Aragon and Murtag are like, no, we don't want to do that. Not at all. And she's like, this is the fastest way. This is the smartest way. This is the easiest way. I have the best idea. Listen to me. And they're like, we don't like this. It's not going to happen. And so then she transports the horses and Tornak freaks out. He loses it. Um, And then finally they're like, okay, well, they're so close behind us. This is what we have to do. And so that's what she does. But it just kind of stuck out to me. First of all, it's her idea and her way. Like this is what she wants and this is what she gets. But also... Tornak, we see him freak out and lose it, but we don't see Snowfire freak out at all. Whether that's not, it's just that Paolini didn't mention that, or it actually, like, Snowfire has a reason to not be as upset as Tornak, maybe because he's been around Saphira longer, I don't know. Um, But I thought it was interesting that it's, like, we get this whole page of Tornak freaking out basically and then like there's not barely a mention of anything that Snowfire does with Saphira transports him. Well, Snowfire has been around Saphira for several months. And I think that we know that Brom was a writer. And Brom was writing Snowfire for most of this time. So odds are that because this offspring Brom was assuring Snowfire with his mind that Saphira was to be trusted. Right. But my response to that would be number one, Brom's not around anymore. And number two, even if that's the case, Snowfire's never been physically picked up and transported by Saphira before. That's true. I think there is a I remember reading a part where it said like Snowfire was as was like uneasy but not as much as Tornak. Yeah, it's like one word or one like very, very small mention, whereas we get like a whole page of Tornak losing it. I just thought it was a really funny coincidence in comparison. Mm -hmm. And like we both know that horses sense the fear and anxiety of their of their rider. And so they'll like if you're afraid, your horse is going to be afraid. And if you're not confident in commanding, your horse isn't going to trust you. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think about the thing about one time when I was horseback riding, uh, I was the person who had taken me horseback riding. He was trying to break in a new, it was like a recently broken in horse. And I had a very like, had been broken in like decades or a decade or something like that. So like he responded, the horse I was riding responded very well. And I was able to like tell him to go up a hill and all these things that horses don't like to do. But the one riding like constantly had to recorrect that one. And so I think maybe that is part of the issue as well, is that you can, because Aragon is there and no, he's not Braum, but Snowfire knows Aragon. Maybe him being there is a way to get him to do something that whereas Tornak wouldn't. Yeah, I think those are really fair points. Um, I also, I don't remember if it's ever told to us in lore, like Tornak is obviously a war horse. Is Snowfire or is Snowfire just like a horse that they purchased in a town somewhere? Because I cannot remember. I don't think. I don't think we're ever told. Um, I have a question that you might know. Can horse horses can swim? Can they not? Yes, they can. So why wouldn't they swim across the river? Is the current too strong? Or it's so deep. It's it talks about it in the book about it's super deep. It's super fast. It's super strong. And this is the widest part of the river. It's half a mile across. So while a horse can very easily run or walk half a mile, doing it in a river that's giant is very, very dangerous and also would take a long time. Okay. So the soldiers would catch them before they probably even got like a quarter or a third away across. Yes, at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, that makes sense. Do you have anything else or are you ready to move to predictions? Let's do predictions. All right, let's go. So I just have one. And it's not very concrete, but I do feel like their luck so far that they've been able to evade capture and evade the soldiers and guards that are following them. They've been very lucky. I feel like that luck is going to run out sooner rather than later. Just because, you know, there has to be more conflict in the story. Sure. I mean, yes, absolutely. But also I couldn't really think of any like concrete specific things that wouldn't just be me coming up with things you know right that's fair well that's all i have that's all you got all right let's wrap it up all right well thank you for listening to the inheritance cycle page by page podcast we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.